0: So the title that I have for you this morning is a very, very peculiar one. I want you to turn in your Bibles. I'm not going to give you a passage yet, um, but I want you to turn in your Bibles. No, 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 i get to that. I'll get to that in a bit. Turn your Bibles to the book of Numbers, chapter 13. We'll give you the verses in a few moments. But I want you to think about this title, Spy Syndrome. Spy Syndrome. I I don't know. I I think I made it up. I think. I was in my moment of inspiration and I was reading through the book of Numbers. How many read the book of Numbers this past week? Amen. I want to thank you so much for doing that. You're you're certainly not doing it for me. Uh, You're doing it for yourselves and there are lots of benefits uh, for reading the Word of God. But Spy Syndrome is a title that I have for you this morning and and the reason why I've titled it Spy Syndrome is because this morning we're going to be looking at a, at a very special passage. I mean, they're all special, right? No matter where you, if you open your Bible just randomly anywhere, no matter where you put your finger, that passage your finger sets on is important. There's no insignificant passage in the Bible. But I've titled it Spy Syndrome because this morning we're going to be looking at the story in the Bible concerning the dispatching of 12 spies that went into the land of promise they were supposed to look over the land check it out and bring back a report to the to the leadership bring back a report to Moses what's the land like what are the people like are they fortified are they not fortified etc etc and it's a very interesting report that they brought back we're going to be looking at chapter 13 Verses 17 through 33. But before we read these verses, I'm going to tell you what we're going to be talking about. The title is "Spy Syndrome, but the theme is Commitment. I want you to say that with me on three. One, two, three. Commitment. One more time. One, two, three. How many know that commitment is extremely important in our lives as believers? How many know that? Listen, we can't get anywhere with God without commitment. We can't get anywhere with the Word of God without commitment. So we're going, to take a, we're going to take a look at a number of passages this morning that have to do with commitment. So we're going to do our best to apply this particular theme to our lives. And my prayer is that when you leave here today, you leave here with a thorough understanding of this topic, of this principle, commitment. And I promise you that if you listen carefully, if you take heed to whatever it is God has to say to you this morning, from His Word you're going to be that much better, that much stronger. You're going, to, you're going to certainly be at a better place with regard to your faith if you apply it to your lives. I remember for a long time from, say, my time in prison, the time I got out, I wrestled with this thing. I wrestled with faith. I wrestled with life from the biblical perspective. There might be some here among us here this morning that are wrestling with this thing called faith. Wrestling with this, this thing called life. And I promise you that if you incorporate commitment into your faith and into your life, you're going to be that much better. Look with me to verse 17. Chapter 13, the book of Numbers, beginning with verse 17. And we're going to read through the rest of the chapter. <clears throat> Moses, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said to them, Go into the Negev, and go into the hill country, and see what the land is. And whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, and whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not, <laughs> trees in it or not, imagine that. Be good, be of good courage, and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was, the season of the first ripe right grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rahab near Nebo Hamath. They went up into the Negev and gave and came to Hebron. Ahiman, Sheshai and Talmai the descendants of Anak were there Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt and they came to the valley of Eshkol and cut down cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes and they carried it on a pole between two men or between two of them They also brought some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eschol. Because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. And at the end of 40 days they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and show them the fruit of the land and they told him we came to the land to which you sent us it flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit however the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large and besides we saw the descendants of anak there and the amalekites dwell in the land of the negat the hittites and the jebusites And the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is the land that it devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed To them, Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to read it. Now, Father, I pray for the wisdom that you've given to me, the wisdom that you are to give to us, the word, Father God, that we are to understand from this one particular passage. Help us to apply these truths, Father, to our lives. In Jesus' name and God's people say, Amen. I want you to consider for a moment this um, nation of Israel and what is actually transpiring in this one particular passage. Uh, we read this passage. I don't know if you took notice that towards the end of this one particular passage, um, Moses took the time to refer to the, to the sons of Anak or the Anakims or the giants that were in the land. How many ever studied on your own personal time, Anything having to do with the giants of the land back then. Anybody know that giants did in fact exist? Let me see your hand. Anybody. Okay. At least half of you. It it is in fact a historical fact that giants actually existed in the land. Parenthetically speaking, it's not in my notes, but I want to challenge you to do a simple search on Google. And you're going to make some amazing discoveries if this information hasn't already been deleted. Uh, years back, I did some research along the lines of these giants that it actually existed in the land. And I actually downloaded videos and I downloaded pictures so that I have them. Because I know that the powers that be, that exist in the world today, will actually look towards actually removing such evidences because it speaks against the evolutionary theory that exists, say, in our public schools, in society. Evolution exists. Evolution is prevalent, and the story or history, the historical account concerning the giants alone refutes the theory of evolution. I have pictures that I've downloaded with Christian archaeologists standing right next to their digs, right next to their discoveries. You're not going to believe this? Probably not one of you is going to believe what I'm going to say next. But believe it or not, skeletons complete were discovered of men 35 feet tall. Most of you are not going to believe that. I I knew it. I see it in your eyes. I see it in your eyes. But believe it or not, the giants existed. And what's the name of the museum in Washington, D.C.? Smithsonian. So what happens when such discoveries are made, you can validate this. I've studied it, so I can tell you this from the top of my head. But don't, don't take my word for it. Corroborate it on your own. Do the research. Smithsonian, what they do is they, they pay enormous amounts of fees and, 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 and just monetary... Um, people make huge profits when they make such discoveries. Smithsonian pays all this large amount of money. They collect these skeletal systems and they destroy them. Because it refutes evolution. And we can't have that in society today, right? Let's get back to our passage. Concerning this one particular nation, the nation of Israel, what is happening here is that Moses took the time, according to the commandment of the Lord, to send twelve individuals out into the land of promise. The promise had been made many, many, many years before. That there was going to come a time when the children of Israel, when the children of God, they were in fact going to inherit a land flowing with milk and Honey, It's a metaphor for the beauty, the, the, the amazing resourcefulness of the land. And God promised many years before that His children were in fact going to possess the land. And now it's happening. They're standing, they're ready to enter into the land. According to this text, they find themselves in the land of Kadesh Barnea. Let me tell you, parenthetically speaking, again, that it is a debate among theologians concerning where Kadesh Barnea is actually located today. Some say that Kadesh Barnea is located just south of the land of Canaan. Many other scholars are saying that Kadesh Barnea is actually located just south of the, the Dead Sea and right before the Gulf of Agaba. I think that's what it's called. No matter where... It existed. Kadesh Barnea was a place that actually existed. And so, the children of Israel, they're ready to set out, they're ready to spy out this land. They heed the commandment of God through the man of God, Moses. They go out into the land for 40 days, and then they return after an amazing, amazing experience. Ten of these spies came back with an evil report. We can say it that way. The the text says bad report. In my version, your version might actually say an evil report. No matter what the word is, they came back with a report that was actually contrary to the will of God for their lives. Only two came back with a report that was actually in sync with God's promises for their lives as a nation of people. How many know that God gave them the promise concerning this land? How many know that? It was a promise that was given to them. So why is it that, regardless of the promise, ten, most of them, actually came back with a report contrary to the will of God. Contrary to the promise that God actually made to them. Think about, just for a moment, what God actually did in their lives when He freed them from the land of Egypt. The Bible actually tells us that they were in bondage for for over... 400 years that's a long time and at the tail end the tail end of their experience in the land of Egypt God showed up in a very mighty way amen somebody God showed up in a mighty way and he performed many miracles including the plagues these are extraordinary things that these people were witness of and yet in spite of everything that God was doing in their lives in spite, of the, in spite of the miracles that transpired in their lives throughout the 40 years in the wilderness. I mean, just think, a pillar of fire by night. A pillar of cloud during the day. And being fed with manna every single day while you're in the wilderness. And how many times did Moses provide water? Did God provide water through Moses? To His people twice in this one particular book. Twice. In the beginning and then towards the end. I mean, these are things that could not be denied. The, the theme today is commitment. So I want you to think about the extraordinary things that God has done in your life. Think about the extraordinary things that God is doing in your life today. Today, Is God working in your life today? Yes or no? You don't have to answer me, but just I want you to think about that. God is working in your lives. I know it. I can see it. I have a front row seat. God has worked in my life in an extraordinary way. I'm still weeping to this day because of the wondrous things that God has done in my life. They cannot be attributed to any natural resource, any natural strength. No doctor, no shrink, no parent, nothing. No amount of education. The hand of God. Think about what God has done in your life. What would your response be if God challenged you in some way? He's about to award you with a major promise. Something that he, he promised to you long ago. But He wants you to actually go through the motions of receiving the land. He wants you to go out. He wants you to extend yourself and validate His promise in your life. Listen to this. How is it that a group of individuals can have the same experience and yet return with such a contrasting perspective? How is it that the same group with the same experience in this land, checking out the same scenery, returns after having been witnesses of the mighty acts of God in their lives For so many years, how is it that they could have returned with such a contrasting perspective from, say, Caleb and Joshua? The theme this morning is commitment. The theme is commitment. Oh, oh, I'm scrambling here. The answer? God is never sufficient to us when we fail to sustain our commitments to Him. Think about that for a moment. When you lose sight of faith, when you lose sight of your commitment, when you lose sight of the biblical perspective, God is no longer enough. Paul the Apostle says this in 1 Corinthians 2.14. The natural person doesn't, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are folly to Him. And He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. It takes a spiritual mindset, a spiritual perspective in order to understand the things of God. So it doesn't matter how many promises God has made to me in my past. It doesn't matter how many promises God has made to you in your past. If you are not sustaining your fellowship with your God today through the the principle of commitment, you and I will lose sight of God's voice in our lives. Romans chapter 7 speaks a lot about that. In fact, many, many of Paul the, Paul the Apostle's epistles actually discuss this theme. How we lose sight, how we experience this, this vast disconnect from the workings of the Holy Spirit in our lives when we fail with our responsibility Of commitment, how many know exactly what I'm talking about? I I can tell you millions of stories of how I have, I have sort of detached myself, if you will, emotionally, mentally, etc., from God's promises in my life regarding my future simply because of my failure to stay committed to the things of God, especially when sin enters our lives. Mm. When sin enters our lives, the Bible says that sin separates us from. Now I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about losing salvation and stuff like that. That's not the concept today. That's not the theme. But sin does in fact bring about a separation of sorts. Call it emotional. Call it mental. Whatever you want to call it. it we, we lose sight or focus. And ultimately, that's exactly what happened these ten ten spies. Now listen to this. Concerning the passage, because these men, I don't know if you read it. Let me ask you again. How many read the book of Numbers? So those of you that read it, and those of you who may be familiar with the book of Numbers, um, you probably know that these men that were selected, they were actually leaders from their particular tribe. Did you know that? They were all leaders from their particular tribe, which means that they had influence over thousands of people. In fact, the book of Numbers is called the book of Numbers because of the various censuses that took place in the book. In the beginning and towards the end. The first census reveals men 20 and older, over 603,000 men. You know, wherever, wherever you have 603,000 men, you're going to have 12,000 men. I mean, 603,000, you're probably going to have 1.2, 1.3 million women. It, it, it's humor, right? The, the idea is that women have always outnumbered men. And, and you do. You do. But think about, think about this. Wherever you got so many men and so many women, you have a whole lot of children as well. Right? So just imagine the great number of people that existed. 603,000 men, 20 and older. And towards the end of the book, or uh, actually right here, right before they enter the promised land, uh, a second census was conducted. 601,000. little over 601,000. And the Bible says that the people, 20 and older, that exited Egypt, they all died in the wilderness. You want to know why? Because of this report by these ten spies. Read the text when you get a chance. Read through 13, read through chapter 14, and you're going to see it right there, black and white. They came back with this report that did not coincide, was totally contrary to the will of God. Words possess life, they possess power. And these ten spies, they stood up, and they declared, there's no way! We can't do it! They're giants in the land. And they actually missed out on an amazing, amazing opportunity that God was about to give to them. The, 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 the Bible gives us clearly the impression that the people that existed, most of them, believed in the report given by these ten spies. And as a result, everybody 20 and older died in the wilderness. Speaks a lot to... Um, What the character of a believer is supposed to be, uh, sorry, the character of a leader is supposed to be like in the body of Christ. Because there are people who are sensitive in the things that pertain to God. People that are listening, people that are watching, people on the outside looking in. How many know that the world on the outside, though they are out there, they are looking in to see what it is God's people are like? They're watching and when they see something favorable when they see the the hand of God that is moving in the in the lives of God's people they want to know they want to know they want to be a part of that's exactly how I got saved I wanted I wanted to experience with the inmates around me in 1989 what they were experiencing it was something beautiful something special but concerning this topic called commitment what can we learn today What can we leave here with? And I want to share 10 things with you really quickly. 10 things. I'm not going to spend too much time with either one of them. So if you want to take some notes, feel free to take some notes. The first point is this. Examine your faith and Christian life regularly. Remember, the story is about 12 spies that went out. Ten of which returned with an evil report because they failed to sustain their commitment to God. They saw giants in the land. And as a result of the giants, they were afraid. And because they were afraid, they no longer believed that God was able to bring them through. Just imagine, God performed so many miracles to bring them to where they were. Right there, ready to enter the promised land. And they died in the wilderness. In fact, let me tell you this, because it's worth noting. Kadesh Barnea, no matter where you place it on the map, either just south of the land of Canaan, or southeast of the land of Canaan, where most theologians agree, most theologians agree, that's where Kadesh Barnea was. No matter where you place it, from either direction, you can just, within days, you can enter the land of Canaan. God brought them there. Here's the point. He brings them there. He sends out the spies. And the next move was for them to enter in. Right there. But because of the report of the ten spies, you know what God does? He causes them to go south instead of north as a result of that, that report. It only took two years. You can prove this in the text. It only took two years for the children of Israel from the time they left Egypt to get to Kadesh Barnea. Just two years, twenty-four months. That's what the Bible teaches when you do the numbers. Two years. But because of that report of these these spies, for thirty-eight years they now God turns them south. And they wander in the wilderness until everybody twenty and older dies. Examine your faith in Christian life regularly. This is a verse you apply to that. Second Corinthians. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. This is a test for believers, not non-believers. It's for believers. This great emphasis from the Lord through Paul the Apostle for every child of God to examine himself daily. If you know you're saved, then yes and amen. But the point is that we have to make sure that we are as committed as we are supposed to be. How many know that? Second point. Turn back right away if you find yourself drifting away. Turn back right away if you find yourself drifting away. It seems trivial. It seems insignificant. But everybody in this room has a conscience, right? Everybody in this room has a conscience. And when we find ourselves drifting away from the things of God, we know it immediately. Because everybody has a conscience. Because the Holy Spirit that resides within you will speak to you about your compromise. There isn't a soul in this room who is not mindful or aware of this drifting that occurs when it actually begins to occur. Every single one of us know. And it begins with Bible reading and prayer. We're going to get there. Turn back right away if you find yourself drifting away. And the text for that point is found in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. And it reads, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. It happens, doesn't it? There are people that are no longer among us today because of this hardening that takes place. And I'm not referring to that theme that left. Generally speaking, right? There, There are people that you know That are Christians. However you want to categorize them. That are no longer in your life. As a believer. As was the case in the recent past. Because of this hardening that takes place. In the heart. When we are not vigilant. It happens. Point number three. Come to God daily for forgiveness. And the cleansing of sins. Come to God daily. For forgiveness. And the. Cleansing of sins. Don't answer. But how many of you confess sins on a regular basis? Don't answer. No hands. As children of God, we are supposed to go before the Lord on a regular basis, as often as we possibly can. Somebody said it to me this way once before. He said, "Son, why are you praying like that? Why are you praying a general prayer asking God to forgive all your sins?" I said, "I didn't know what to say." Say, "You had the nerve to commit your sins one by one, right?" So confess them one by one. Get right with God. Get your heart right with God. Doesn't that make... Oh. Oh, okay. That made sense to me. So God... Got this, this Christian life is beautiful. It's glorious. How many love the faith? How many love the faith? Come on, let me see. Let me see. Don't be scared. Don't, don't be scared. It, it's beautiful. We could also agree that the Christian life is the most difficult, right? Yes, it's the most difficult, but it's the most rewarding Are you kidding me? I still got people waiting for me to fall flat on my face. Waiting for me to turn back to my old ways. Because they don't understand this forgiveness thing. This thing that takes place on the inside. This revolution that takes place on the inside. When you give your heart to Jesus. Like you, you come alive for the very first time. I'm not giving this up. Are you kidding me? But just think of what sin does when we give it space. When we give it a window of opportunity. Sin enters and is capable of destroying everything that God has done in your life. Any bakers? Any bakers? You like to cook bread? Richard, where's Richard? I know Richard has probably cooked a little bit of everything. Richard, no? You don't do bread? You don't do pies? You don't do cakes? What? So, so anyway, we, we've all seen it done, right? What happens to a cake or, or uh, some bread without leaven or without yeast? When you cook it, it stays flat, like really hard, like it's good for nothing, really. It's good for nothing. It doesn't rise. It doesn't rise. Sin destroys, just like yeast does. It just destroys. I'm not sure how that applies to what I just said, the illustration. But, but think about it. Think about it just a little hard. I'm just being honest. Amen, somebody. <laughs> este pastorcito mio está loco. So, the verse I want to give you for this point, I want to read the point again, point three. Come to God daily for forgiveness and the cleansing of sins. The point is 1 John 1.9, if you're writing anything down. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Two things happen when you confess sin. Number one, he, he forgives. And number two, he cleanses. He cleanses. They're not the same. It's not the same. How many of you, no, let me make it personal. What do you think would become of me if I left here today and I found some women out, some woman out there in the streets, right? And, and I decided to lay with a strange woman. What's the sin I'd, I'd be committing? Adultery, right? Is it possible for me to contract an STD in the process? It is possible. Now, now, is it possible if I truly repent for God to forgive my, my, my sin? I, I, absolutely. But is it possible for me to die from the STD as a result of the sinful activity? You see, so cleansing in that verse... Now, granted, I just gave you an illustration with regard to physical, the physical impact of sin. But think in terms of the consequences of our sin. Every consequence, every sin produces a consequence. Every sin produces a consequence. Right? The cleansing clause in this one particular verse is where God intervenes, where He not only forgives the sin, but He eradicates. Many times, not all the time, He eradicates many times the consequence of sin in our lives. We're talking about a relationship with the Almighty God. And if He knows that you got the point, He will eradicate the consequence of sin. It happens. It has happened to me. Has it happened to you? It has happened to me millions of times. I get myself right with God and He keeps me from the consequence. But it's also happened many times in my life. But because of my mistakes I lost out in some ways And I had to start the process all over again Whatever project Whatever it is God had me involved in Point number four Seek the Lord With all your heart daily Seek the Lord With all your heart daily When we do this Together with the points I've previously mentioned, and of course with the points that I'm going to give you, it keeps us rooted. It keeps us grounded. Can you imagine what the situation would have looked like if these ten spies had a different perspective? They went into the land because their hearts weren't as committed as was Caleb's heart and Joshua's heart. They brought back an evil report. And because of the power of influence, they were leaders of their tribes. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people died in the wilderness. Hundreds of thousands. The Bible says that over 603,000 men, 20 and older, when they exited Egypt, when they entered the promised land, 601,000 men, 20 and older. A lot of people died in that wilderness. First Chronicles twenty eight nine is the reference for this point. Seek the Lord with all your heart daily. And it says, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father, and serve him wholeheartedly, devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. Oh wow. Really, God looks into our hearts that way. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will reject you. There's always a price to pay when we are not on our spiritual P's and Q's, if you will. Point number five. Stay in the Word and keep studying and learning every single day. Stay in the Word and keep studying and learning every day. Proverbs 4.13 says, Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Instruction. Can we live without instruction? In no way, shape, or form. We as believers live by a high standard. But it's the standard of God. The standard of truth is his standard of instruction is His voice toward us. And many Christians since the beginning of time, since, since 2,000 plus years ago, many Christians have fallen by the wayside. Have gone astray, if you will. And it's going to continue to happen. 1 first, first Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 says, And the Spirit of God speaks explicitly that in the last days some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. When we are not in the Word of God, we run the risk of losing sight of God's purpose for our lives. Point number six, stay in fellowship with other believers. We're talking about commitment this morning. Stay in fellowship with other believers. I know many people, many people, many self-proclaiming believers. I got one in particular right in my mind right now. I used to sit with him on a regular basis. We used to, we used to, we used to walk the, the, the prison yard. And I used to sit with him afterwards. And I was, tr- I was doing everything that I could as an individual to get this man to fellowship with us in the church. Just, just come and fellowship. I mean, if you are like-minded, a like-minded individual, then why not fellowship with us? Because there's strength in numbers. A host of other reasons as well. And the guy repeatedly told me every single day that he doesn't believe in organized congregation like that. He just didn't believe in it. And so he found himself struggling more often than not because he was alone. How many know that the Bible speaks of a support system? Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12. Write that one down. It says, One standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better because a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. We need one another. And of course, the classic classic passage for this point is Hebrews 10.25. It says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage and warn each other. Especially now that the day of His coming back again is drawing near. He's coming back. Amen? He's coming back. He wants to see us fellowshipping together. Point number seven. Stay strong in your faith. Expect expect difficult times in your Christian life. But stay strong in your faith. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 reads, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He says, stand firm. We are going to have difficult times. Some of you are experiencing difficult times right now. Listen, it's not in your strength that you're going to make it through. It's in the strength of the Lord. So as long as you stand firm... Listen, I don't know about you, but I serve a God who is almighty. And if you need it in Spanish, Él es todo poderoso. He possesses all might, all power, all dominion. And the success that we have as believers, this side of heaven is not due to our own strength. It's because we serve a God who is unlimited in power. Stay connected to Him. Stay connected to Him. Point number eight, persevere, persevere, and again I say, persevere. 1 Timothy chapter 4, three verses, 15 through 17. 1 Timothy 4 is on your screen, 15, 16, and 17. It says, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely it says watch your life and doctrine closely persevere in them because if you do you will save both yourself and your hearers point number 9 run this race of life to win run to win 1 Corinthians 9:24 through 25 says do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but anyone gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. We do it to get a crown that will last forever. We do it to get a, ground, a crown that will last forever. How many of you feel, every single day that God blesses you with life, you feel like you're in a race and you're firm your place in this race. I don't know about you, but there, there isn't a day that comes and goes. Not one single day where I'm not mindful, conscientious of this race that I entered in 29 years ago. It's a race and we got to make it to the end. It's a race to, to defend our faith. And to experience all that God has for us, this side of heaven. Jesus said in John 10.10. He says, the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. The question is, is it possible to enjoy this fruitful, abundant life that Jesus promised us without a commitment to Him? Is it possible? In no way, shape, or form. You may get in by the skin of your teeth, but I don't know about you, I want this abundant life. I want to experience everything. Linda said, Amen. Me too. Me too. Wheelchair or not, I want this thing, right? <laughs> Amen. Last point. Last point. I'm watching the time. Remind yourself of past victories. Remind yourself of past victory. If only... If only all the spies had remembered the mighty works of God in their lives. If only they had remembered the glorious things that God had done in their lives. Can I get a leader? Can I get a leader? Leader? No, no, friend. Can I get... Okay, she's good. Alright. If only the spies, the ten spies that came back with a bad report, had remembered what God had done in their lives. ¿Cómo está, hermana? Dios te bendiga. That is will, right? No? What is your name? Eric. Eric. Is he the one we've been praying for? Somebody circulated a petition? What's that? His name is Rick? That's my name too. But listen, Rick, i got to tell you, there isn't enough room for two Ricks in the church this morning. There isn't enough room. So, uh, you're going to have to go right back out. You can sit down, baby. You can sit down. So, he said, what? She, She was about to punch me. You saw that, right? Let me finish. So, the point is, remind yourself of past victories. Hebrews chapter 10, write this down. Hebrews 10, verse 32, and then 35 through 39. It says, remember those earlier days. Remember those earlier days. After you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. We are not of those, we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Amen. I love that. verse. Can I read that again? Can I read that again? Remember those earlier days. I like that. Remember those earlier days after you have received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. Wow. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. I love it. I love it. Those are 10 perfect examples. That if you, this is just run with this wisdom. If you've taken some notes, revisit these points every single day. You don't have to research it every single day, but if you revisit these points every single day, I promise you, Joey, I'm ready. Can we come up? I promise you that if you, if you look over these things on a regular basis, you're going to be blessed as a result. Remember that after, the, stay with me. Let, me, let me get your attention. Remember, remember the children of Israel. They're about to enter the promised land and because of their failure to perceive as God wanted them to perceive, they wandered for an additional 38 years until every adult died in the wilderness. I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk in the wilderness. I'm sick and tired of the wilderness. I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed and highly favored. I don't know about you, but I serve an almighty living God. Amen, somebody. Listen, I don't know about you, but I I serve a God who is able. The Bible says He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we could ever ask or imagine. And these things are available to us if we just stay the course. Amen. Amen. All you have to do is stay the course, and you will receive the promise. Stand with me, please, and let us worship the Lord.
1: There's love I can be That you, my King, would die for me There's love I know still. Now it's my joy to honor you In all I do I honor you I forgive him because you were forsaken, I've accepted you were condemned. I'm alive and well, the Spirit is within me. Because you who died and rose again, Just sing that again. I'm forgiven Because you were forsaken I'm accepted You were condemned I'm alive and well This spirit is within me Because you who died and rose again Oh, let's see it out. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing Joy, oh, we sing of his amazing love. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Amazing love. I joy you honor you. in all I do. I honor you in all I do. I honor you in all.
0: let us pray together Father we thank you so much for the challenges you've given us here today we know that from your word a commitment to you is extremely important thank you so much for saving our souls thank you so much for reaching down into our lives, into the muck the mire, the misery of our lives and for rescuing us, for saving us for transforming our lives And Father, I know that I can speak for everybody here when I say we want to endure to the end. And in the process, we want to experience everything that you have for us. This side of heaven. We know that it's going to be glorious later, Lord. We know that. But we want this abundant life that you promised us. We want it now. We want it this side of heaven. How do we do that, Father? Today, you've, you've taken the time to talk to us about commitment and so many verses that we, that we took a look at today about commitment. Help us to stay faithful to you, Lord, so that we could experience all your blessings. I don't want to lose sight. I don't want to have a bad report. I don't want to lead anybody astray, Father God, with any frustration, misleading, or any deceit, deception. I want to be blessed, and I want to influence everybody around me accordingly. Father, we thank you today. These things we pray in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Now listen, time's up. We got to make our way over to the fellowship hall, right? So if you want to hang out, do it briefly. But let us go over so that we can serve the meals quickly. But before you go, listen. A- a- if you look in your bulletin concerning the, 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 the Bible reading plan that we have, that, that note in the bulletin is not a mistake. I, t- I told you in early January when we discussed it, that because of the amount of weeks in the year, etc., and the amount of books, there are certain books that we're going to read a, a few times. And Luke is one of them, John is one of them, so on and so forth. There might be three or four others that are going to be read twice. Read the book of Luke, you're going to see why it's important to read it again. Amen? Um, next week is the end of week. Any other announcements? Did I miss anything? Ron? No, I'm a good? All right. God bless you guys.